0: Hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of Design Recharge. This is episode 371, and I am so excited to finally have my friend Van on. I think Van, me and you have been meeting at least every other week, if not more than that, for I'd say about a year. I think so, yeah. And we're in another group together, two other groups together, and Van is awesome, Debbie Clapper says, absolutely. And I'm... I'm just excited because Van and I are very much think talkers and we think talk out to each other. And she also loves collage. She is an entrepreneur. She's discovering so many things about herself, but she also really picks up on on other people and she's very uh, empathetic. She's also very observant but we're going to do something different. Just so you guys know, first, just set it up a little bit. This is the week of in February where we celebrate, which it's weird to say, but you, I want you to celebrate yourself and um, recharge yourself. So the first week it was you were reaching out to other people and encouraging somebody else who might need a little lift. Um, I can't even remember what last week was, but this week is about recharging yourself next week you're going to recharge hopefully a mentor but this week is really hard for me and uh just not this week in general just putting time and space into recharging me so we are going to do something different uh based oh my dog just sat on my foot Um, based off of just how van works so van can you take it over and then we, you can tell us all about you later. Thank you so much for that intro, Diane. I'm
1: really excited to be here, and I am so appreciative of the the familiar names that I'm seeing in the audience. And um, so, thank you, thank you for being here. Um, so, what I would like to to share with you is um, a grounding exercise. And it's really, really simple. Um, It's something that um, I just use my breath. Basically, we're going to take five deep breaths. And it's a way to get present and grounded into our bodies. And it's something that I use every day, like throughout the day to manage my anxiety, which is something that I've um, been challenged with my entire life. Um, And so all it is, is that we're going to if you Wherever you're sitting, get comfortable. If you're standing, um, just make sure your feet are planted on the ground. And if you feel comfortable, close your eyes. And we're gonna take five deep breaths. So when you breathe in, just hold it for a moment and then exhale through your mouth and just let, like don't control and just let it flow. And so I'm gonna take you through this um, grounding exercise and, um, and welcome you into this space. So we'll begin. And sometimes it's uh, helpful to also audibly exhale because the point is that we're noticing like all of our senses. And imagine when you're breathing in that you, the, the breath is moving from the top of your head through your body, out of your limbs. And whatever you were preoccupied with before you enter this space, And whatever awaits you after this hour, it can wait because there aren't that many things that are urgent. And just imagine when you're exhaling, that you're letting go. And I invite you while you're here with us to be curious, to be open and present to receive whatever messages or lessons that we share with you today. And I'm grateful for you to be here. So whenever you feel comfortable, you can open your eyes and we can begin. Okay. So, this is something that I do on a regular basis. Um, and it it's so, delightful because it doesn't require any extra tools other than what we actually have. And the more that you practice it, like uh, in the mornings when I wake up before I do anything else, I meditate and I do a breathing exercise and it just gets me to be able to just be clear and set some intentions for the day. And I do this as a way to sort of check in with myself and um, recognize like you know, maybe there's some, you know, body parts that there, um, you know, maybe they, you know, maybe there's pain, maybe, you know, I'm stiff and realize that I haven't moved enough because, you know, we're all like stuck in our houses and sitting in front of a computer for, you know, Zoom meetings all day. So these are indications for me to say, I need to go, you know, take a walk um, or, um, and ask myself, you know, maybe what do I need more of, or what do I need less of? And so every day, Is an opportunity to adjust and receive what it is that I need.
0: What about, because I can imagine being stressed and I don't think about doing this, right? So how long did it get to for you to get to a point where you're like, oh, I need that kind of grounding?
1: Yeah, so basically 2020 was like the year, the year that like pretty much sealed the deal for me in terms of self-care. Um, I had dabbled in it. You know, I had been working uh, on um, prioritizing myself for a few years leading up to 2020. And I'm so grateful to have been in the the practice of it. But 2020 was like this recognition that in order for me to manage the the high stress, it meant that I had to take care of myself um, 10 times more than I'd done in the past. Um, because I'm the nucleus, right? Like I'm the source for, um, the, the relationships and the, the th- the work that I do outside of me. Um, and so I started practicing, um, meditation pretty regularly. And what started it for me was I, I took a workshop that a friend of mine was giving, uh, who's an intuitive life coach. And she took us through this guided visual meditation. Um, and I, at that experience for me, um, pretty much like sealed deal because I had a very profound um, visualization that came to me um, in that meditation. And so then um, I recognized that, you know, in order for me to, well, really any, any practice that we want to incorporate, um, it takes a lot of effort in the beginning, right? Um, and so I would schedule it in, right? If I trace all the way back to a few years ago, I put it into my calendar and I committed to it. And so through the commitment and the discipline of keeping keeping on those, uh, those those times for myself, I formed a new habit. So now I don't even think about it. So if, if say, like I, I missed, you know, if I don't have that much time in the morning, it's just five minutes. That's it. And it's now become this non-negotiable thing because I notice if I don't do it, how my day can get side, sideways.
0: I can imagine so, with kids or with clients breathing down, or as you've been in a uh, 2020 was really a pivoting place. But I would think that you, this was like an amazing year for you. Like it may not have been amazing for everybody, but you really had a lot of just eye opening. You were already doing digging, right? And you do this thing with a word. Can you tell them about that? Like how yeah. you choose a you choose a word.
1: Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm not a, and, and Diane knows this, uh, I'm not a traditional goal setting person. Uh, I've, I've tried various like goal setting tools over the years, but all it did was create more anxiety for myself. And a, a few years ago, um, I was in a, a different community where a woman um, noted that uh, she creates, like she de- like sets a word basically a word that is a theme for the year. And that's her her form of being able to to focus her energy and efforts into making progress towards an area that she uh, is challenged in or wants more of. And so um, the first year that I heard that, uh, I set my word to be visibility because I was in this mode where I recognized that as a solopreneur, um, I was working uh, alone quite a bit. Um, depending on what the project was Um, I would bring in collaborators but for the most part my business is is me and recognizing that it felt very isolating and that I'm most activated when I'm around people and engaged in relationships um, with clients for example and so um, I made this pact with myself to uh, to be more visible Um, Now, what most people don't know about me, if they've only just met me in the last few years, is that I was a very quiet, introverted uh, person. And going to networking events and um, being in crowds or or groups in front of groups of people was not anything that I would imagine that I would do. Uh, But it was through this commitment to wanting to be seen in my community and be known that it was through this practice of showing up into these places um, consistently and learning every time using it as an opportunity to learn to get better at expressing or articulating Um, and and finding my voice through this, um, through this practice. And, and so now I'm here. And uh, even with like the, the last year, um, you know, what, something that I I learned in terms of growth was that as I do more community work, uh, as I do more self-development work, as I um, am working with clients on a coaching matter in terms of identity, um, I'm learning so much about myself that my growth is also expanding, so um, so I'm learning that one of the things I want to do is be a speaker. And so, a few years ago, I would never have thought I'm gonna, you know, be in front of a group and or on a stage or whatever to you know, and to to speak. So, um, a lot of effort has been put into
0: um, into growing this way. So, okay, so answer this. Just give give everybody a little bit of your background about your career mm-hmm. in design, and then now it's kind of taken a as everyone, lots of people did pivots, you were already on a pivot path before COVID. So can you just yeah. tell them about your background? Sure. So um, Left of Sunset is, is my
1: creative consultancy, and um, I'm in year 16 of my business. And um, it was not something that I, I for a long time, it's probably about 10 years. It took me 10 years to really feel like I had ownership over my business so I went from being head down, um, you know, just uh, kind of taking, accepting everything that landed on my plate. I was a generalist in terms of graphic design, and I did everything for everyone. And so about year 10, I started feeling really um, after patterns, consistent patterns of pushing and crashing, I ended up burning out, like I hit my rock bottom. Um, and realizing through that process that I couldn't continue in this mode of where I'm giving to everyone. Um, that is a, you know, a core part of who I am, but if I'm not taking care of myself, then I can't show up for people in that way, right? I can't show up for my family, I can't show up. So that's really when it, it all like started, I started on this journey. Um, so I moved from, um, going from a, doing graphic design as a journalist to really focusing on uh, and getting clear, looking inward and understanding what parts of the process of uh, business and of design that I really enjoyed. And it all, all of it pointed back to the foundational aspects, uh, really working closely one-on-one with founders of businesses and helping them express and articulate their purpose, their vision, their mission. Because everyone who starts a business they, they don't, you know, they, they, they feel like they have something uh, unique, right, to offer. Like no one starts it just to be the same as everyone else. The challenge is how to express that in a way that feels really aligned. And then um, how does it look in communications? How does it look in terms of, you know, um, experience and, and verbally, right? So it was really the stories that, um, and then the relationships with the clients that drew me in then um, I did that for about a few years and
0: uh, started doing community work. Um, so you and I are a part of the future. Tell them uh, what you mean, group. but with community work, because that could be like, could you do some of that normal, what normal people like you're on the PTA or you do something yeah. in Portland, right? But then you've kind of taken it to another level.
1: Uh, so we're part of the, the uh, future pro group and I moderate the women's subgroup of, of this community. And um, it's uh, we started it in like 2019, uh, fall of 2019, and I host um, a group of between uh, eight to 20 people who show up weekly, um, and we uh, I facilitate uh, a space. I make space for people for women to show up wherever they're at in their journeys, and we talk about topics that affect us uh, in our business, in our life. Um, We talk about self-care, intention setting, you know, things that aren't necessarily traditional business. But for me, I've never seen, I've never believed that who I am is separate from what I do. Um, And so that's the kind of space that I've created. Um, And so people show up, we have these discussions, sometimes we workshop around a certain topic. um, And it's just a really, really, really lovely community. Um, And Uh, Sometimes, you know, it it basically is a space where, if people are wanting to practice speaking, if they wanna practice giving a presentation on a topic that they're passionate about, um, if they wanna be able to give back in terms of giving support on some area that they are knowledgeable on, that's the chance to do it. Um, So that's what I mean by community work, uh, along with the PTA and all that stuff uh, for my kids' school. So then through that, um, that process, I learned that I have a, a, a superpower for facilitating and holding space. And so uh, I started offering uh, workshop development um, for group, to align um, creative agency teams, uh, specifically focused on ideation around like brand, uh, brand story, um, brand narrative. So, Uh, Bringing people together is something I love, love, love doing and helping them rise, uh, helping them grow. And then through COVID, (laughs) knowing that um, maybe here's another opportunity to pivot because I was already in this place of like, how do I bring in more facilitation into my work? And uh, I, I decided not to go after new client work and focus more on my community efforts. So. Um, I know that in, in, in high stress situations, I might default in an old story. If we're talking about old stories, I might default to isolate myself, uh, just default, not, you know, just out of habit, basically. Um, and so if I'm not conscious of that or aware, then I will, I will, you know, not seek out like um, community or, or conversations. But I know that I'm energized by that. And so that's what allows me to not um, be isolated. So I started scheduling uh, and meeting new people every single week. I think I met maybe one to three new people every single week last year. So I met lots of new people. And through these conversations with everyone dealing with COVID um, and just struggling or challenging, I recognized that I could hold space for them and allow them to find clarity and 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 make shifts that they needed in order to um, embrace the challenges that we're all facing last year and continue to. And so through that process, I realized
0: that I have a calling, which is to coach. Love it. Pick says, this is wonderful. Heather Crank says, raise his hand. Guilty. Verena says, love it. So you guys can always uh, type in the chat. um, If you want everybody to see your question, you just change it from panelists to panelists and attendees. And that way we're all able to see your question or if not, I'll just read it. Hopefully that's okay. Um, But one of the, we were doing Marco Polo. uh, So me and Van are two hours different. And so if she may have sent me something at evening for her, I'd already be in bed. Right. So, um, but we have these conversations and I remember I was coming home from the grocery store and I was listening to something that she had written or Marco Polo is like a, recording your picture video message. talking yeah video yeah. message anyway and she was like uh, she said something about I'm able to make space for people and I was like oh my goodness that's it and her and I both she was like I I when it was a long message so I was like uh, I couldn't remember the words I was like I'll go back and re-listen and she said she was listening to I'm like putting on my groceries and she's like I don't know where you sat found this I think are you talking about the last message and I was like <laughs> Then it made me doubt. I was like, wait, what's the, so then I listened to the whole thing and I was like, yes, yes. You said make space for people. And she's like, that's it. That's what you think my superpower is. I'm like, yes, this is not something everybody can do. And it's the van shows up really ready to listen, to ask good questions, be curious and interested, but also it's about, a whole approach so it's not just your work life it's it's the whole uh it's like a triangle for you I would anyway but she just totally was like everybody makes face like it's nothing (laughs) and I was just I was like no and I kept using the example my mom's here she would have never fed me a potato chip sandwich growing up because had no nutritional value, and so I kept thinking that that's what Van was saying. She was like, "It's what do you mean, make space?" I was like, "You're saying it like it's nothing, like it's not important." But I think that's where it is. Often, our superpower is something that we we overlook because it just comes so natural.
1: That's right. Um, and something that I've described to you about that is that, you know, a lot of um, I think a lot of creative people, creative spirited people we operate on an intuitive level and so that means that we you know we we have these superpowers all of us do like we have this inner wisdom some people sometimes we don't know that we have it um and because we're we're in environments or constructs or societies where um we are in this mode of seeing the answers outside of us so i don't know how many times i had conversations with people last year And it was like this idea of that, you know, we have all heard of shiny object, you know, creative people are multifaceted with lots of interests. And so it's like, this is interesting. This is interesting. This is interesting. And I think that that's beautiful. Like that is our beautiful, big, beautiful brain is what I tell my kids. It's your big, beautiful brain working. And the, the, the challenge is that we, we are operating in this way with um, uh, contain, uh, containers or constructs or whatever environments that say you need to pick a lane, you know, pick a direction, you know, and you're all over the place, which I've heard so many times in my life that internalized uh, their opinions and their judgments to be my own. So this is an old story that I agree with me, right, that I had to unlearn to say, you know what, I'm never going to change uh, being a multifaceted person, I have a lot of interests, a lot of interests, and on the outside, yeah, it looks like I I can't commit. But the reality is that it's part of my being and process for um, learning. Right, and learning is something that's lifelong. Um, I'm never going to stop doing that. So it was this cha- changing of like um, you know seeking the answers outside of me, looking inward instead, and saying okay. Well, who who am I, and how do I show up, and um, and blending the piece, the parts of me that I feel really represents and ignites me and activates me. So this mode, this process is what I offer to my clients that I coach. It's identity based. It's who are you at the core, right? Where do you get are activated and intuitive and natural, and this is where your superpowers are. Um,
0: yeah, I, I have more to say about that, but I think you have something to I do. to that. I do. So in, in this, so I just kind of want to paint the picture. So, um, you are not a facilitator before you could facilitate a workshop uh, with a client or, uh, it, cause sometimes you would go into a, uh, agency and help them with projects, right? So you were fine right. being a facilitator there was it super easy for you just to like, Oh, I'm going to start this group. Or were you like sweating every Thursday before you went on or did you plan things out? Like, here's the thing. So I know that I,
1: I think of my feet. I had some friends remind me this yesterday when I was nervous. Um, Some people don't know this, but so I'm in Portland and uh, there's a snowstorm that happened last week. And so we've been at without power for a couple of a uh, couple of days. And so on Monday and Tuesday, I was like, I don't know if I can show up for my coaching clients. I don't know if I can show up to this podcast today and I'm feeling really anxious about it. And um, I recognized um, actually as, as that. And I was sharing with Diane that I had been holding my breath, basically a default of mine. Um, Holding my breath to just hold it all in, all these feelings around like not having power, uh, not knowing when it was going to be resolved, just so I could be there for to you know to to hold space for my my family. And then the day, um, like 24 hours after, I realized, that, okay, this is probably not going to get resolved soon, so I should uh, maybe consider being prepared and how how do I take care of what my commitments are, you know, coming forward. And so um, as soon as I reached out to a few people and said and expressed transparently that I'm anxious, I'm feeling a bit stressed out about this, you know, that released the pressure because my default, one of my defaults is perfectionism. One of my defaults is overthinking. Okay. Because I want to, I want to, I care and I want to do a great job for the people that I, um, I give to. Right. And so (sighs) I, I I so am thankful because there's so many people in the room right now that uh, on this call that uh, reached out and was like, "You've got this," and you're someone who thinks on your feet, and um, and you're gonna figure this out. And so I did. So I reached out to uh, a few people who I, I heard that had power in my neighborhood because it was like sporadic. It was really weird and bizarre. Some people had power, some didn't. Some had power but no internet. So I, I was able to borrow a studio, a friend's studio, to do this call as well as um, to meet with my clients yesterday. So I'm not even in my space. So another story that I would tell myself is that in order for me to show up uh, fully, I have to have be in my space. I have to, you know, have my things around me. But the truth is, you know, the reality is that I have me. I've got my brain. I've got my heart. So here I am. You know, I don't need the things around me to...
0: Uh, to be able to show up for you today. So this kind of segues into something else that I don't even know if I wrote about, but there was this woman, women's, it was mainly moms in Portland. And um, this was like in March, it was the beginning of the pandemic. I remember I was going, John was building me this like shelf and I had to go to Lowe's and I was masked and me and you were, I think either on the phone or we were Marco poloing back and forth. And it was like, um, you were afraid to show up as an entrepreneur in this group. Yeah. Right? Can yeah. you kind of, because that, again, it's yeah. it's the melding of these two stories, which is something that you have figured out how to mesh together really well. Thank you for that. That is a really beautiful example because
1: you're right. So, So, you know, so as I talked about, like, we are multifaceted and we have – hundreds of stories within us. If we have lived any life at all, which we all have because we're right here, we're all here today, there're so many stories, so many lessons that we've learned along the way. And in order to part of the the work of identity is that we cultivate and we collect these stories with us. Okay? Some of them become unresolved. And that can lead to adverse effects because we carry these weights and these pressures that um, you know, they're unresolved because we didn't look back, reflect to be able to unpack and, and understand what the lessons are. And we internalize the, the challenges to be something inherently wrong with us when they're not. So to answer your question about this, um, this community, for a great deal of my, my career, my profession, um, I did not know any, uh, anyone from design school that um, started their own business. I didn't also know any, uh, an, many entrepreneurs who were moms. Um, and so in, in those, those areas of my life, I felt isolated. Um, and so during the pandemic, uh, what a, a lot of us did was, we, you know, we have all these Zoom calls, and so we would have happy hour. Um, so I, there was a group of moms, um, that I met with, uh, um, every week and, you know, I'm, I'm someone that listens before I I speak typically. Um, and I'm, I'm listening, I'm sitting there and as an empath, what that means is that I, I really feel people's energies and it can, you know, bring up or down my vibration. So, um, here I am sitting and I'm, I'm listening to, you know, moms who, who are working as well, by the way, um, who are working moms, um, having gotten thrown into this remote work situation, and well, I've been an entrepreneur, at, you know, for years and have worked from my home, and so I. I I could understand the challenges, right? I had already worked through those challenges and hurdles of how do I create discipline? How do I separate my space so that I can do my work, right? While, uh, and and let go of like the dishes, let go of the laundry, let go of my, you know, like the other responsibilities while I'm in in my home. And here I am listening to these stories and feeling, you know, very um, empathetic about it, but also, uh, I was having an old story where I'm feeling in order to ease people's pain <laughs> or their discomfort to dim my light, right? To not say, hey, I've got it all figured out. Like, that's not at all my way, right? Um, it, it definitely is, would never be my intent. But there was that story of like, well, you know, then, you know she's in the background and she's a, this quiet supporter. So I struggled with this, like after that call. Um, that's when I started messaging you. I was like, oh my gosh, I am I'm I'm messed up right now, you know, like I'm feeling emotional right now, right? By the way, you should have a box of tissues, everyone, because when Diane and I talk, we, you know, there's often tears, there's laughter, there's all of that. But but yeah, okay, I can't look at you right now. <laughs> so I was struggling with this, right? And part of this process of um, of managing my anxiety uh, is to speak what I'm feeling out loud. So one of my one of my stories is that I'm not um, growing up. I wasn't allowed. We didn't speak about our emotions in an Asian family. We just we just don't. And uh, very typical of a lot of immigrant families is that it's all about optimism and positivity and hope. And so there's no room like the unknowing message that I received from growing up is that there's no room for Feeling fear or beat or you know stress or whatever, like you just you know you sweep that under the rug. So that's been a story they carried with me for a long time. So I I default to that pretty easily. Uh, I default to you know playing small and being in the background. Um, so in talking out loud with Diane, I realized that I'm I'm not showing up, present, right? And so and and understanding to the intention, like, I know what my intentions are, that I'm not there to say, Hey, I got figured out. And you don't, I'm by sh- holding back my story and my experience and what I've learned, I'm denying this gift or lesson to, to other people. And this is something that, um, that I've recognized when, whenever um, people message me and they're like, I'm freaking out about speaking on this show or, uh, you know, or showing up into this space. I remind them, it's not about you. It's about the message that you offer. And one of the best and most important advice I ever got, and I don't know if if Laura is in this room, um, is that we all have a story, right? We all have stories that there's only one person, there's one, at least one person out there who can hear it only from you because the timing is right, because, y- you know, your story resonates with them, because whatever it is. And I don't know how many times I have gotten and received messages when I shared vulnerably and honestly, where people were like, thank you so much. This came at the right time. I needed to hear this. And so that sort of thing, whew,
0: that sort of thing really motivates me. Okay so and that was like i'd say maybe 6 months after you started future force maybe so it you had been standing up you'd been listening you'd been that was why it was like wow yeah. you're you're just not showing up in a um because those people knew you a certain way and that's right, right. Yeah. And, and that is right. these past stories. These past stories can hold us back. And you had one that happened. Well, you've had you have a thing about tech, right? Yes.
1: Okay. Yes, I so, do.
0: So I would never think. Uh, so Van and I were in this group. So I had seen her many times virtually, and then we got to meet when I went to uh, Bend or um, the Design Conference in Bend, which is awesome. You guys check it out. Uh, ben Design Conference, I think is what it is. Heather's here, so she could type it in there. Um, but so we met and we were just automatic friends. Like it was like I had met my sister. Right. Yes. So um, and I uh, did a workshop and uh, Van's like, oh, I'm an extrovert. Right. Right. That was like an eye opening yeah. part of because she gets, gets energized from being around other people. And then we I, but I never thought that she was having issues with tech because every time, other time I'd seen her was virtually. So but that was an old story. And this is where it's like it was like a roadblock that only she was putting she was like putting cones in front of her and saying, I have trouble with tech. And we're like, yeah. I don't think you have trouble with tech, you know. So so it was like you just need to move these cones away and stop identifying as this un or this Luddite or whatever, right? That's right.
1: So the stories that we tell ourselves is really powerful. So it can be positive and affect positive action, or it can be negative and hold us back, right? So um, prior to practicing uh, facilitating group and being on Zoom calls often, right? Um, I, I'm very much, I'm an 80s kid, so I'm very much Uh, like analog. I love my pens, my papers, my notebooks, uh, my books, right? And being on Zoom calls is not something that I really did regularly. I like to meet with people in person. And so I had this story that I can only really show up as myself uh, in person and that, you know, being on a device, like uh, how do I do, how do I navigate that? How do I, how do I do that? And, um, And so when and so the first instances of like being on zoom call was because we joined the i joined the pro group and that's how we engage with you know weekly calls uh with chris doe and the community and um i would find myself just feeling like really like i'm just gonna be small and i don't know because i've got all these thoughts in my head and i don't know how to do this and so i told myself this okay so much so that when I would go into like breakout rooms or smaller group calls, um, I would manifest technology problems, okay? Like, oh, the it's too loud, where I'm at? Or, um, the, you know, the internet's not working really well or whatever it is, like it's, I would manifest it because I was just so, I had this thought in my brain that this is what is happening here. Like, I'm not cut out for this. Um, and so, my nervousness or anxiety around it, like created this storm around technology. So in order to change that, you know, it's just simply was like, well, I'm embracing this tool as a means to be able to connect with people. And back to your story, Diane, about meeting at uh, Ben Design Conference is that you you did give us a definition about like extrovert and introvert, which I had always like, I'm, I'm in my forties y'all. Okay. And for four decades. Okay. Of my life, I considered myself to be an introvert. I was a very painfully shy child. Like I said, very quiet. And what I realized in definition of like where, where you get your energy, I get energized by people. Uh, I recognized like earlier on as a solopreneur and as a mom, I could go hours in the day where, because I'm working from home, not speaking to an adult and how that contributed to my feeling drained because I wasn't in that exchange that ignited me. Okay. So as soon as you said that definition and I had been doing all this work, right? Like all this work already leading up to this point where, Oh, okay, like someone outside of me offering me a mirror and allowing me space to consider and reconsider what my story is. I recognize that actually I am lean more towards extrovert. Like I try not to, you know, like be binary, right? Um, but I do lean towards definitely getting my energy from people. So as a result, having that awareness and, and acknowledgement as a core part of who I am, then I can intentionally put myself in spaces, places, and activities with people who I receive that energy
0: and I can thrive. Um, So Verena says, I got married, moved away from my family and friends, then realized I was an extrovert. Okay. I think think it is good to know. So, I mean, I definitely need time alone to be get work done i can't work in it could be just the adhd right i can't there are lots of things that i am not a thriver in a really um, busy environment uh, audibly i guess um, so i'm at, because if i'm in a room with other people i want to connect right so that's yeah. like again this is way more fun than me sitting here it would be very it's it's hard for me to try to focus in not on the other people when if I, you know, so I couldn't like study groups with people that wasn't going to work. Like we were going to have a group, but it wasn't going to be studying. Right. Yeah.
1: Right. And then there's definitely a time and place, right? Like um, in terms of creativity, for me, creativity is, is co-created. Like I, I'm exchanging with someone and through that conversation, through that, you know, interaction, the ideas build the The thing takes shape, so I really thrive in that regard. Because, like I said, if if I'm in this other mode where I'm all by myself, and there is a time and place for that, like to recharge, like that's something I enjoy, right? Like being with myself, uh, meditating or walking quietly. Um, if I'm in the creative mode and I don't have that back and forth, I can launch into perfectionism, overthinking, and I don't like being in my headspace, is what I realize. I can feel like a a physical weight when I've been too long in my headspace, and so to get out of it, I do what I need to do to get present
0: here in this moment, right in my heart. And for everybody, that's going to be different, but I think it's for you. You, you had an old story of that you were an introvert, and then you realized when you really looked at it that you were energized when you were with, and you sought out. Times with people. And I think so. Uh, Pam asked a question a long time ago. I promised I would get back to it. So, as you're seeking out people, how do you find 52 people? Pam wants to know, where did you find these 52 people to meet? And how do you make that kind of just conversation start? Yeah,
1: it's a great question. So, um, and I've, I've spoken about this before with in, in your in one of your groups, Dan, is that um, I am a part of many different communities. And each community. Right. It serves a different purpose in my life. And so together it creates this holistic experience. So. Um, so the people that I was reaching out to are, you know, members or whatever of all these different groups that I'm in. So I've got like women's entrepreneur groups now I've got the pro group that I'm in, which is creative business, uh, professionals, uh, uh, professionals and entrepreneurs. Um, and, you know, I've got my mom groups and, and so all of these groups, um, have people that I, I, you know, hundreds of people that I've not, I've not talked to. And so what I would do is, um, is on calls or um, maybe I see something that they post and I'm like, you know, this is really interesting or I loved what you said about this and I feel like there's some sort of connection there. And I'm, I'm just really curious to know like more about that. And so I reach out and I say exactly that. I'm like, I really loved what you posted. I love, um, you know, this thought that you had. Um, could we, you know, do a virtual coffee meet? I know I get so much out of it, as well as I um, I'm also giving right uh, to them in terms of um, sharing my stories or what I've learned, um, and so it's, it's it's this exchange again that feels really really good, and so I it's a non-negotiable for me at this point. It's like I make time for it because it is extremely valuable. Um, so so yeah. There's no shortage of people out there and technology has allowed us to do so, especially like meeting people, you know, overseas in, in Europe and, and Asia, everywhere else that I would never have been able to connect with if I just stayed in my bubble. And, um, you know, especially with the pandemic where we couldn't go out and, and meet people and go to events. There's things happening all the time, um, workshops and virtual conferences
0: and all this stuff. So, yeah. Do you remember what it felt like the first time that you asked somebody? Because now you've done it as a practice and it just doesn't feel like it's any big deal. But what about for somebody who is that really when they could be recognizing a past story? So could you let's just say that was somebody let, uh, let's let just say it her, uh, I always use Jody. So let's just say it's my friend Jody it could be a boy or a girl. We don't even know. Right. So it's Jody. Jody's like, I'm just. I'm so nervous to ask somebody, how do I like what would you ask Jody about their story that they're telling themselves? Hmm. Okay, that's a good question.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, we're we're talking about, I think, just being able to identify root, like root causes of of a story. Like where does it come from in order to build awareness? Because these fears. That, uh, that show up, right? Like fears and our worries, our imposter, it is attached to past experiences. And they're actually stories that have been given to us by, by someone, you know, um, their judgment, their, their, their opinion, their, their criticism or their response that we've internalized to be something wrong with us when really it's a reflection of the person that's giving right, that, that judgment, criticism or opinion. And so having this awareness of where these stories come from um, allows us to recognize in present time when we might be feeling resistance, when that conflict is showing up, um, when our worries or fears or our imposter is showing up to say, hmm, check in and say, is, is, this, really, is this really something that's, that's, that's true or is it a, an assumption or perception that we've carried with us? So I think that that's how I would re- respond to that question um, and and be able to share it in that way. Um, because I, I think that so much of what I do is very intuitive. So I'm listening and I'm listening for those points of resistance and, and conflict. And that's when I'm leaning in and feeling it out. Like, have I established enough trust with this person to um, to be able to, to offer an, an invitation or a different perspective or a different way of being or approaching uh, approach. Um, so it's a lot of that listening and feeling it out and sharing a, a personal vulnerable story that I think could help
0: build that trust. Okay. I love that. So I think that gives um, a good uh, if something is maybe a old, you think it's just a truth, I would maybe Take every everybody in here. I would challenge you to maybe think about three things that you think are true about yourself mm-hmm. um, by the end of today and just see. The other thing, like for me, I, I, I know I've said this um, Mario was here. I don't know if he's still here, but um he is. He I would say, Oh, I'm not blank, whatever it is. I'm not a good writer, I'm not a blah blah. Yeah. Right. And so, but that's these stories that I've told myself, right? He says he's still here. Ha ha. So hey, Maria. <laughs> in that, I think it's good to have other people who you're in community with. And I'm not saying other people online. I mean, mm-hmm. other people in small, tight, um, where you trust these people, exactly. right? So that somebody can kind of call call you out and say, hey, this, this doesn't ring true. And I think that having those people in your life has been helpful for you. I know it's been helpful for me, right? Yeah. Do you think you had people to help you hold your feet to the fire in this? Absolutely. You know, that is the beautiful thing
1: about, uh, about having community is that we are, you know, in the community, there's a diverse mix of people. There's people who, um, and everyone who's in the community has wisdom to share, right? Including yourself. And so a lot of different things are happening. Um, you can be there and support others with what you know. Uh, you might be, um, you know, challenged with something alongside a person, and you're on parallel paths or journeys. And so it feels like, oh, there's other people who can relate to you, and then there's people who are a few steps ahead of you that um, that that can, you know, pull you along and, and guide you and keep you accountable and hold a mirror up to you because as we, I think we understand is we're all inside this bottle, right? And we can't see the label and we need um, trusted people outside of us to say, hey, you're, you know, you're doing that thing again where you're saying you're not a good this or you're not a good that. What's that about? You know, like in, in a very nurturing and kind way, of course, right? Um, I mean, that, that piece of it is so important uh, about holding and making space for people. It's like compassion, empathy, But not just for others, but for yourself, which is the hardest thing, right? So if we, you know, I could easily like this week been like, oh, you know, technology or blah, 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 whatever. And just like not and just been like, hey, Diane, I think I need to reschedule this thing. Right. But
0: but no, um, that's an old story. So one of the things I think for me, what you're saying that encourages me is that, and I agree with Pick. Self care is totally the hardest. Uh, but again, it's like you put the mask on yourself, and then you put it on your kids, or whatever. Um, what it's saying to me is that I need to make sure that when I'm showing up, I and I'm starting to that sweat or that uncomfort that I st- I first think, uh, is this is this a is this a story that I want to believe in? And I don't believe, because I do believe every, you may have been technology challenged at one point. Yeah. When you're little, you totally are tech. I mean, I mean, you're both like short, so we're vertically challenged, you know, but, yes. but like there are ways around it and there it's like, I don't let that, uh, that doesn't hold me back being short. Right. So that back to that
1: compassion piece of it is that, yeah. you know, we're, we're gonna, we're gonna default. Like, we're going to make mistakes. We're going to, you know, fail. <laughs> like, we, we're going to fall. And so this is a practice of being kind to ourselves and accepting that that's going to happen. Right? That's an expectation. Like, it's going to happen. We all do. We, we're human. And so rather than, you know, beating ourselves up and not being kind to ourselves to, to just to acknowledge and to say, yeah, that happened. It's not a good thing. It's not a bad thing. Because it's when we place judgment on that, when it's happening, that's when we can launch into the old
0: stories um, and that spiral. So there's last first acknowledgement. Okay. That's first. Is that what you said? I thought you said last first. Okay. So there was this one situation where Van like leaned into this and I do think you have to practice this. And I, I. I don't know if you I think you remember this. Anyway, you were giving this workshop and it was the first time you were doing this. So you were a little bit nervous about whatever it was. And you just came out at that moment and said, I've lost what I was. I am sweating, whatever it was. Can you tell them that story? Because I think that was really important also that nobody was like, I want my money back or right.
1: right Yeah, so um, that's a great example as well. Thank you. Um, so I was giving a presentation on discovering your purpose. It was the first time that I put this deck together, first time that I presented it, first time in front of like 40 people, like on a Zoom call. And um, there were a lot of things that were first in this that was happening. And by the way, for me, um, imposter shows up in new, when I'm doing new things, Or in a transitional place, right? Um, And so this was a lot of newness. And so here I am, you know, showing up to this thing. I know my material really well. Like I, it's it's a topic I am passionate about. And yet I'm feeling nervous and I'm telling myself like, oh my gosh, like who am I? Like they're going to see my nervousness and think like, I don't know what I'm talking about. And so I launched into this performance anxiety inside my head. And here I am just barreling through it, like ignoring it and giving this presentation anyway. And like partway through, and I think, you know, Mario and some other people in the audience were in here on that call. I, I, I just, you know, I stopped and I was like, I do not know what's going on, but I'm feeling extremely <laughs> nervous right now. And uh, I just need to take a moment right like and so as soon as I said that out loud the pressure was released and I've done this now so many times like that was probably the the that moment where I remember like it's the one of all this the, the the stories that now I don't I don't forget that like I mean I might catch myself sooner, but I don't forget that now. It's like you speak it transparently. Like say you show up to a networking event and you're feeling, you know, awkward. So simply stating that you're feeling awkward or that you don't know anyone here. Like what happens ultimately is that it humanizes you. And now instead of being, you know, a performer where you're on stage and inaccessible, you're now at eye level with the people in the room. And that is such an incredible experience because that is how we form deeper connections. That's how I can feel more your energy and me, you know, passing my energy to you. Um, And so, of course, then everyone's like jumping in there like, Van, you are doing great. So again, no one even knew that I was nervous. And because I was afraid, like I was afraid I was going to look foolish if I was like nervous, but that's human And I'd rather show up as human than a robot.
0: Well, and there's good things also in just saying that you're nervous. It means that it matters to you. Like those people in that room matter and you're really trying to do a good job and you prepared. But now you're like just it's it's you don't you want to make sure that you're delivering. And I've said that to clients like I really wanted this to go really well. I'm nervous to have you see it. And they, of course, are like, we love it. It's great. You know, but I think it's good to remind them that I'm human too. I mean, I also am totally fine with critique, you know, but like, I think that it reminds them that they're important and what they are getting out of whatever you're, whatever they're receiving is important to you that they get something. And just, uh, you're reminding me too, like if we're talking
1: about root causes, I know exactly like where that um, performance anxiety comes from. Uh, And it came from this experience I had in eighth grade. So I was in middle school and I was like 12 years old and uh, it was graduation. And I was asked to present, like get on stage in front of like like hundreds of people uh, at age 12, right? And here I am like, "Mm," like, I don't like doing these things, but I said, yes, because I got to present my all time favorite teacher. And I wanted to do a good job. And I was like, you know, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do this, even though I'm like super nervous about this and I have no idea what I'm doing. And so I go up, I remember distinctly going up to this podium, you know, I'm short. Okay. Like I'm, I'm five feet now. Uh, It's not that much short, uh, taller than that. Um, And uh, to this podium. And I just remember totally completely falling on my face like I just didn't know what to say I was like blah, blah blah and it felt for me like forever but I'm sure a teacher scooped you know went in there scooped in and you know saved me but I was extremely mortified okay and to make matters worse um we were the the graduates were sitting in on the stage so I had to go back to my seat on the stage and I'm crying because I'm a crier and just you know, beat red and just mortified. And here I am thinking, everyone's looking at me and laughing at me. Right? And, and part of that, the, the, there is some truth to that laughing uh, of my peers because I, I, was, uh, I was not a very popular kid um, and I was the friend, uh, I didn't have a lot of friends. Uh, I was often looking outside, you know, from the outside in thinking, I, I wish I could have that too. And I was friends with all the kids who got bullied. So there is some truth to that. But um, here's the thing, right? Where we are today, we know so much more. We have lived through so much more. We are, we have, um, we are more resilient and more knowledgeable and wiser than we were back then. Uh, in, in any past experience, right? And so this is something to own and recognize as part of the practice of looking at our old stories and knowing that we have, we've got this, we have wisdom that now if we look back at some of these challenges, we can learn the lessons because it's no longer painful, right? There's some things, there's some stories are still like, it, it, you know, we haven't healed from enough yet, right. To be able to
0: really look at it. Tell them that to quote, he teach from your, we, we
1: teach and we share um, from our scars, not our wounds. So there has to be some amount of healing done in order to look back at these stories that are unresolved and say, yeah, you know what? I'm resilient. I learned this lesson and I still carry it to, with me today and forward. And I'm going to let go of the rest that doesn't serve me anymore because it doesn't go away. It's this invisible weight that we carry with us. So let it go.
0: I love that. I, re- I think I-, I was loud and I maybe awkwardly loud. I remember one time I was, my sister was maybe nine. I was five, four or five. And uh, we were at her um, ballet recital or tap or whatever. I don't know. She didn't do it anymore after this. And uh, I was on my dad's shoulders because again I was short, and I was little. Anyway, until my sister got on stage, I was so excited to see her. I wanted her to know we were there. I'm like, "Hi, Vicki. And I was always loud. I was a loud kid. I didn't see any more of the whole um, <laughs> whatever. My dad took me down so fast, <laughs> and so. But but it is just. Um, it's funny. Cause I, when I was thinking of, Oh, what is an old story? I feel like I'm a good listener, but I feel like I still am. I can be loud. I don't have a problem with that, but, um, but that is a story. And I'm like, Oh, where is that? Where does that come from? But it's kind of like you being a crier. This has been something I've seen you transition from uh, pre pandemic. You would, if you got upset, not was just me. But mm-hmm. if it was in a group and you got teary, you would shut your camera off mm-hmm. and compose yourself. And sometimes, still, uh, that yeah. might happen. But it would happen. I mean, we both cry a good bit, so it we, we- <laughs> so and yeah. That's now cool. you're better about um, just owning, and you s- tell people that it's it's that you're able to fully express yourself when you're able to cry. Yeah, um, it is definitely a, a crying is a pressure release, and it's I've I've spent
1: years trying to like not you know to try to turn that down, but you know what it's not happening, <laughs> and it, it, and so it's not happening, and it's something that um, is very much a part of who I am, and so I've had to learn to yeah embrace it, and it is it's an indication for me that something that is happening matters, and to to check in. What's really going on here? I learned so much from that because as I mentioned previously that there are a lot of defaults where, you know, I don't, um, uh, there's a part of me that still is like, "Mm," you know, like you're gonna look foolish or childish if you're crying because I was teased as a child, right? Like, or we don't show, we don't show those. We don't show those, we're supposed to be stoic and like, you know, um, quote unquote, perfect, right? There's, There's no such thing. So yeah, there is some some of that element. And so learning to embrace, because you know what, it it tells me something, it's a clue um, Mm -hmm. of building awareness around whatever's happening. Um, And then the other thing to that is um, verbal processing. So I talk out loud in order to get to my point, in order to take shape, in order to understand what my perspective is. But for years, I just thought, oh my gosh, I don't want to waste people's time. And I don't want to, you know, I don't, I don't, you know, people are looking at me like, what is your point? And so now, because I know that that is how I operate. And in order for me to show up, I have to be able to say things out loud. I just let people know this is, you know, this is not a fully baked thought right
0: now. Let's see where this goes. And thank you for giving me space to do that. I think having people who are going to let you do that, I think is a really helpful thing. And we, yeah. I know our five minutes over, so I want to least, your computer didn't die. So I want to make sure you guys know how to follow Van and what all you can connect with her. So if you're listening on SoundCloud or wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, I always want to say Shopify. I'm pretty sure nobody's getting their podcast on Shopify. I think that's a platform to buy things. Anyway, so um, you can go to, uh, anyway, Design Recharging, whatever. But they'll the, all these links will be under on YouTube, on rechargingyou.com slash 371. All these will be here. But it's leftofsunset.com slash coaching. Well, slash coaching should get you there. And then Instagram, uh, coached with an E-D by Van, and then also on LinkedIn, Van Cooley, C-O-O-L-E-Y, just in case anybody didn't know how to spell Cooley, Um, but Van, thank you, and Van's going to be a speaker at camp, I'm really excited, thank you, and she's going to dig in, we have so many things, she's like, well, what do you want to talk about, and I was like, I don't know, we got a lot of things we could talk about, but and we did pretty good,
1: we got Ah. a lot,
0: So, so what are you going to do this week, to recharge you? I know you have a practice of journaling and reflecting. Yeah. Um, so
1: I start and end my days with a gratitude meditation. So in the morning, I do about five or 10 minutes where it is focused inwardly uh, and a gratitude and appreciation for me and checking in. And then at the end of the day, it's outwardly focused. And I think about you know the work that I've done, the people I've engaged with, and um, have gratitude for that. So that's one way that I will be recharging. Um, I do write a lot uh, after I meditate. And then um, uh, even though it's, it's icy and snow outside, I'll still take my
0: walks um, to get fresh air because I, I need that movement. Okay. And then is there a quote or something that you've kept close uh, to help you during tough times? Yes. So I'm a big fan of Brene Brown.
1: And uh, she has this quote that I carried with me all of last year. Give me the courage to show up and let myself be seen. Mm. And then the other one that came to me in meditation um, last week was that when we have inner peace, the pieces outside of us fall in place.
0: Mm.
1: I like that.
0: So what's next
1: for you, Van? What's next for me? I'm really excited about this. the, the uh, identity coaching that I'm doing. I really, really love um, like days where I get to coach, days where I get to bring people together in community um, are days where I'm buzzing with life. And so I'm in I'm working on um, building a private community uh, outside of the, the pro group that I, I moderate. And so that's something I'm going to be launching in the next three months. Um, so if you're interested, if anyone's interested in like getting more information about that, you know, DM me, uh, email me, and uh, I'll let you, you know. I'll get you on a list so that I can notify you when
0: when that happens. But yeah, focusing on on coaching and community work. Awesome! I love that you've had such a your word last year. Was it alignment? Alignment was last year. Yeah. So I think everything every year should be alignment because I've thought about that word so good. Like, does this align? So say it's a new word, visibility. Whatever mm-hmm. I'm doing, does that whatever i'm doing that action does it align with visibility so i really love the whole a whole one word thing that you did alignment was it helps with priorities which is something where i struggle feel real spread then but you've got a lot of love here a lot of people are uh, came and thank you guys for coming from all over we had adrian in ireland from and he was at camp so he knew you from there too and rowena it's in the middle of the night so thank you rowena for staying up so late and or getting up so early i we both appreciate it I'm so grateful for
1: this time. Thank you for having me. And thank you for spending your last hour with us. Um, I so appreciate it. And if anything that I've shared today resonates, I would love, 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 love to hear you um, share it on Instagram or LinkedIn,
0: or just message me and let me know. Uh, That helps motivate me to keep going. Amen. I hear you. So we'll reach out. And just so you know, this week, you're supposed to do something for you for love on designers next week, you're going to hopefully write a letter to a mentor. So, um, and we have a quest of the whole Portland sort of feel, I guess, because you, and then I know Portland's not where Chris is, but Chris Martin's going to be on next week. We're going to be talking about feedback. So feedback can be really hard to take. And uh, Chris and I have a, a lot to say about feedback and being able to prepare for it and take it and accept it. And I think some of it has to go into these past stories and um, of who we are and who we are projecting to be. So I'm excited. hope you guys will join us for next week with Chris Martin. We're talking about feedback.